Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Catch, Hook, and Shoot. My name's Tom. I am your host. Uh, today is Monday, December 31st. It's New Year's Eve, 2018. I uh, hope everybody's having a great holiday so far. And, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody for uh, spending just a little part of your holiday with uh, with me, checking the show out. Thanks, everybody, who's been listening and watching on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, any place you find podcasts, as well as uh, watching on YouTube and Twitch. I uh, hope everybody's following on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Search Catch, Hook, Shoot. You should be able to find any of uh, any of our pages. And as always, if you ever want to shoot me an email, it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com. So uh, let's see what's going on in the world of wrestling this week. It's actually uh, been a slow couple of weeks because uh, most of the most of the shows are uh, for WWE are, are uh, recorded this week so that the superstars have some time off, which is good. Uh, so nothing really huge going on. Um, yeah, this past week on Raw, we had a match uh, with Natalia challenging Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship. This was actually a really good match. Um, you know, a lot of good back and forth between the two. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, a really, really good, solid wrestling match uh, between Natty and Ronda. And, uh, of course, Ronda did retain the title. Um, pretty major announcement was made on the show, though, by Vince McMahon. He uh, officially announced there would be women's tag team titles coming in 2019. Also announced the return of John Cena to Raw and SmackDown. Uh, on SmackDown this week, we had uh, Rusev defeating Shinsuke Nakamura to become the new United States champion. And then uh, probably the big thing from SmackDown was a uh, backstage segment at the end of the show between Vince and AJ Styles. Uh, Vince basically saying he wants to see you know, the, uh, the quote unquote animal inside and basically wants to see a more vicious side of AJ Styles slap AJ across the face, uh, which caused AJ to, uh, pretty much lay Vince out with, with a punch to the face. So, uh, yeah, obviously Vince is still, uh, still okay with taking bumps being in his uh, mid seventies. So, uh, yeah, it was a, a pretty good, pretty good segment. I'm interested to see what's going to happen with AJ going forward after this. Um, Another interesting note from during the week, Sports Illustrated put out their uh, their top 10 women's wrestlers of 2018, um, and 8 out of those 10 were all uh, WWE women, which is no big surprise, because uh, WWE is kind of like the, the mainstream, you know, but uh, two of the women on the list, and uh, very well deserved, uh, were independent stars, actually both are uh, with, with Impact Wrestling, but uh, Tessa Blanchard was one, and uh, number 10 on the list, I think it was kind of a surprise to a lot of people, but definitely well-deserved is Jordan Grace. Um, I, I'd have to say she is probably the fastest rising woman in pro wrestling right now. Um, yeah, again, you know, she uh, recently signed with Impact. It's been having a great showing on their uh, their weekly show. And, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what's going to go on with her for 2019. It would not surprise me at all to see her in the uh, the Mae Young Classic this year if if she's able to. I don't know, you know, contractually how that works with Impact. But, you know, it would, uh, like I said, wouldn't surprise me at all to see her in the, the Mae Young Classic for 2019. So the... Uh, yeah, that's really about it for this week. Uh, of course, Wrestle Kingdom is coming up on this Friday, January the 4th, um, New Japan's biggest show of the year, and it, uh, for the first time, will be broadcast the same day 
here in the U.S. on Access TV. Um, I believe it's at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern that it's being shown. So, it, I mean, it's still recorded, obviously, but, uh, yeah, it will be shown the same day. So that's about as close to as close to live as you can get unless you are uh, a subscriber to the New Japan World streaming service and want to be up at, uh, you know, 2 a.m. To, to check out the show live. But, uh, yeah, it's a, a stacked card, which is no surprise for New Japan. Uh, I'm going to run through it real quick here. First off, we've got a gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders for the uh, never open weight six-man tag team titles. We've got the most violent players versus Yuji Nagata, Jeff Cobb, and Dave Finley versus Chaos consisting of Hiroki Goto, Beretta, and Chucky T versus Suzuki Gun, which is Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, and Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus the elite Hangman Page, uh, Takahashi, and Marty Skrull. Uh, next up, we've got the uh, uh, singles match for the Never Openweight Championship, Kota Ibushi, the champion, versus Will Ospreay. The, this obviously is going to be a ridiculous match. These are two of the two of the best indie guys in the world right now, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. I uh, think that'll probably be shown on Access next week. But uh, let's see, then we've got a uh, three-way tag team match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. Uh, Suzuki Gun for the champions versus Rapongi 3K versus uh, uh, Bushi and... Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I'm horrible with the uh, with the Japanese names, but uh, Los Ingen Ingobernables de Japan. <laughs> I think I said that right. So those are the three teams going for the junior heavyweight tag titles. Uh, next, we've got a single match for the British Heavyweight Championship. Tomohiro Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. Um, Zack Sabre, probably the, one of the best technical wrestlers in the world right now. Um, I'd say probably you know, him and Jonathan Gresham, probably the two best. Uh, as far as Matt wrestlers go in the world right now. Got a three-way tag team match for the IWGP heavyweight tag team titles. Um, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tama Tonga and Tangaloa uh, versus Sonata and Evil versus the Young Bucks. So this one, again, should be a crazy match. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, the Gorillas of Destiny versus the Bucks and uh, Sonata and Evil thrown into the mix too. It's going to be, it's going to be a great match. Uh, singles match for the United States Championship, Cody Rhodes versus Juice Robinson. Uh, then we've got a singles match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Kushida versus Taji Ishimori. Uh, then we've got Jay White versus Kazuchika Okada. Uh, Okada, you know, top guy in New Japan. He's really the uh, the standard bearer for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh, Jay White, of course, now is the the new leader of the Bullet Club. So basically, we got Bullet Club versus Chaos here. So should be, uh, yeah, and Jay White, of course, formerly a member of Chaos uh, just recently. He, along with uh, uh, Jado and Gato, uh, turned on Okada and Chaos. So pretty much of a, a grudge match here between these two. Uh, and then we've got the, uh, the double main event here. For the Intercontinental Championship, we've got Chris Jericho versus Naito. And for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Kenny Omega versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. So, um, and those are the two matches that are going to be shown on Friday on Access TV for the uh, the Intercontinental Championship and the Heavyweight Championship. So, you know, those are the two matches I'm looking forward to the most. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys had a chance to check out the Kenny Omegathon that Access showed this past Friday. Um, showed all of his matches with uh with okada and uh yeah just a um you know it was a lot of stuff that i personally hadn't seen so it was uh really you know just a really great compilation of uh omega's matches and 
yeah, so I'm really looking forward to, to seeing those two matches this coming Friday. And that's uh, that's really all I've got for this week. Uh, of course, I, uh, I've i got part three of my top 100 of all time. Now, uh, I'll say it again. You know, this is the, uh, the top 100 male singles wrestlers of all time, uh, in my opinion, as always. And, uh, you know, I tried to make it a more complete list um, by including, you know, women, tag teams, things like that to make it kind of a definitive top 100 of all time. But uh, it just wasn't wasn't possible. I couldn't narrow it down to include everything in a single list. So I just decided to make this list my top 100 male singles wrestlers of all time. Uh, I've got two more lists that I'll be that I'll be going through on uh, future episodes, which are the top women of all time and the top tag teams of all time. Uh, and uh, after I get the after this episode is posted <clears throat> today, I will be posting the complete list on social media, so you'll be able to uh, go back and look through the entire list. Let me know. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think uh, I've got some people too high, too low? I know everybody's going to have a different opinion on this and who should uh, who should and shouldn't be on the list. So I, uh, you know, as always, I welcome your comments, questions. Uh, criticisms, anything, anything at all, you know, feel free to drop me a comment, uh, shoot me an email, whatever you like. So let's get right down to it here. Uh, the final part of this list, which is the top 34, starting off with number 34, I've got Rowdy Roddy Piper, um, multi-time champion in the NWA. He's been United States champion. Uh, he's been the intercontinental champion in WWE and really just the, uh, the number one heel for the uh, the mid '80s for WWE, he was kind of the uh, um, you know Hulk Hogan's top uh, top nemesis in the first first WrestleMania, and uh, you know really for a good few years there. Really, the only uh, the only really long term rivalry that Hulk Hogan had during his time as WWE champion. Um, because the way that uh, WWE typically worked is, you know, Hogan was the the perennial babyface champion, and he always had some big monster heel, you know, coming in to try to take the championship off of him, and you know, it was it was a formula and it worked at the time. Um, so he never really had a big rivalry like in the NWA. You had Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair, and that rivalry went on for years. You didn't really see that in the WWE. So uh, Piper was really the only quote-unquote nemesis that Hogan had during his tenure as as WWE champion. Um, I guess you could say Bobby Heenan would be another one because more times than not, it was a member of the Heenan family that was going after Hogan, like King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd, Andre the Giant, things like that. It was always Heenan trying to dethrone Hogan with one of his guys. But as far as, you know, an in-ring rival, Piper was really the most long-term rival that Hogan had, and he fit that part very well. The two of them just had great chemistry, even up through... Uh, the uh, WCW when they were kind of on opposite sides where Hogan was the heel and Piper was the babyface, you know, the rivalry carried on for, for many years with these two. And they, you know, uh, like I said, had such great chemistry with each other, whether no matter who was the heel or who was the babyface. Uh, number 33 is Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, uh, former AWA World Heavyweight Champion, Intercontinental Champion in WWE, um, also a tag team champion in the AWA and uh, United States champion in WCW and really was probably one of the greatest mat wrestlers of all time. And uh, one that, you know, one that uh, unfortunately we lost way, way too soon. Um, number 32, Ricky, the dragon steamboat. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, perennial babyface never had a heel turn, and that's that's very rare for somebody to remain a babyface or even a heel throughout their entire career. Uh, but uh, that's that's exactly what Ricky Steamboat did. He has been uh, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion, was a tag team champion in NWA Intercontinental Champion in WWE, um, had what most people consider to be the greatest WrestleMania match of all time versus Randy Savage at WrestleMania three. And then, uh, again, uh, probably the best three-match series, what what a lot of people consider the best three-match series of all time versus Ric Flair and the NWA for the NWA championship in the late 80s. Uh, and even prior to that, prior to his WWE run um, in the um, late 70s and very early 80s against Ric Flair and the NWA, uh, just one of the one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Number 31 is Nick Bockwinkle, uh, former multi-time AWA World Heavyweight Champion. was really the guy that uh, Vern Gagne kind of passed the AWA torch to when he retired from the ring. And, uh, yeah, Bockwinkle, just the uh, kind of the, the quintessential arrogant heel not not necessarily the the pretty boy arrogant heel but the uh you know i'm better than you i'm smarter than you i'm more sophisticated than you type heel really along the same lines as rick flair um and just uh you know a great great champion if you know great heel if you ever have the uh the chance to go back and look at any of his matches any of his promos um nick bockwinkle one of the one of the best promo guys of all time in my opinion and uh just all around great. Uh, number 30, Chris Jericho, uh, still one of the top guys in the business even today after a very long career uh, through ECW, WCW, WWE, and now uh, New Japan. Um, yeah, he, he's pretty much just all over the place and can do anything and everything. And he has just, you know, gotten better and better every year as he as he's gone on. <clears throat> you know, you don't, uh, don't see him as much as you did when he was full-time with WWE. He's not on TV every week or anything like that, but any appearance he makes now uh, has a purpose and makes an impact. And, uh, you know, current currently the IWGP Intercontinental Champion, uh, nine-time Intercontinental Champion in WWE, so a total of ten times Intercontinental Champion. That's never been done before. Um, First-ever undisputed WWE World Champion uh, defeat, as he will tell you, any chance he gets defeated the rock and stone gold in the same night to win both the WWE championship and WCW championship. And, uh, yeah, still to this day, one of the top guys in the world. I, you know, even as long as he's been in the business, even today, I would put him among the top, top five or 10 in the world right now. Uh, number 29, Bob Backlund. He, this is the guy, he pretty much was the WWE in the, uh, uh, mid to late 70s and early 80s had a six-year run as world champion and really was the uh you know you talk about 70s wrestling bob backman was the guy um had another uh brief title run again in the uh the early 90s you know after making a comeback and just one of the best all-around athletes to ever set foot in a ring uh number 28 dory funk jr now if uh bob backman was the the WWE in the 70s, Dory Funk Jr. was the NWA uh, in the 60s and, and 70s, um, you know, world heavyweight champion, and just by all accounts, one of the greatest of all time, uh, has, you know, trained some of the greats since then, and um, yeah, he and his brother Terry Funk, the only brother duo to 
to both hold the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, moving on to number 27, Jake the Snake Roberts, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, for talking favorites rather than best, he'd be in my top five without a doubt. Uh, probably the greatest ring psychologist of all time. One of the greatest to never hold the World Heavyweight Championship. And obviously that had nothing to do with his ability. More had to do with the, uh, the personal issues that he had outside of the ring. And uh, But, you know. Uh, fast forward to today, by all accounts, he's doing great, uh, has made a, a great career for himself as a uh, uh, public speaker and, you know, doing like a one man show now has really turned his life around. He's in, in the WWE Hall of Fame right now. If you uh, if you ever get a chance to watch the documentary that Diamond Dallas Page put out, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, watch it. You know, if you're if you're a fan of Jake the Snake, check that documentary out. I guarantee it will bring tears to your eyes. It did for me. And uh yeah, just one of my all-time favorites and very, very happy to see where he's at in life right now, uh, That to see that he's doing so well. Uh, number 26, Kurt Angle, first and only Olympic gold medalist uh, in, in amateur wrestling to make the transition to professional wrestling. And uh, yeah, it, by all accounts, it was a seamless transition. Um, came in, became one of the top heels, won pretty much every title there was to win in the WWE in his first year in the business. And, uh, you know, he's still going today again, you know, like Jericho, he's not in the ring every week or anything like that. He's had a myriad of injuries throughout his career, um, mostly having to do with his neck, but, uh, he, he'll still get in there and go. And he, when he does get in that ring, he hasn't lost a step. Um, and probably in my opinion, the greatest wrestler, I mean, just pure wrestling in ring ability, you know, technical wrestling, Kurt Angle is the best wrestler of all time. Uh, moving on to number 25, another guy that's one of my all-time favorites is Sting. Uh, the franchise, WCW as he was called, um, probably one of the most loyal guys when it comes to uh, loyalty to his company. Um, during the Monday Night Wars, one of the very few who did not jump ship to uh, to the WWE when I know uh, he could have. I'm sure Vince McMahon would have welcomed him with open arms, um, but he moved from uh, WCW to to uh, TNA, which was kind of the, the successor, so to speak, for WCW uh, as, you know, being the only company in the early 2000s to uh, even attempt to give some competition to WWE. And uh, yeah, just he's been a world champion everywhere he's gone, um, with the exception of WWE, unfortunately. Uh, I know one match that myself and millions of fans all over the place have wanted to see for so many years is Sting versus Undertaker. Uh, unfortunately, probably never going to get that, but, uh, you know, it's nice to, nice to dream. And it was, you know, it was, was good to see him finally, uh, perform inside a WWE ring. I wasn't too happy with the, the matches that he was given, but they were, they were very good matches. I'm not knocking Triple H or Seth Rollins at all. Uh, you know, they both put on really good matches with Sting. I just, you know, I don't know why they didn't, didn't go with the uh, the match that everybody wanted to see, but it is what it is. And uh, of course, WWE Hall of Famer, well deserved, and one of the best uh, one of the best careers in wrestling. Uh, number twenty four, Mil Mascaris. Now, I'm sure everybody's at least heard the name Mil Mascaris. Probably the as far as popularity goes, the biggest uh, mask Mexican wrestler of all time, TV movie star, uh, just Mister Everything in Mexico when it comes to Mexican wrestling. Number 23, Giant Baba, uh, founder of All Japan Pro Wrestling, and uh, yeah, just a Japanese legend, and 
you know, held in very, very high esteem uh, among the Japanese wrestling community. Number 22, Antonio Inoki, along the same lines as Giant Baba. Uh, Inoki founded New Japan Pro Wrestling, which obviously is the second biggest wrestling company in the world today. Um, and has wrestled all over the world, had, you know, match uh, some legendary matches against Ric Flair. And uh, again, you know, another one held in very high esteem in Japan. And a uh, member of uh, the uh, the Japanese parliament and just, uh, you know, one of the probably the greatest uh, in Japanese wrestling history. Uh, number 21, Gorgeous George. This uh, Gorgeous George, probably the the original pretty boy, arrogant heel. I mean, really, you know, this was the first pre- person to take advantage of uh, television, which was a new thing in those days. And. Uh, you know, use it to use it to his ultimate advantage and to just make people hate him. And, you know, you see, I mean, you still to this day, you see his influence in people like Ric Flair, people like, uh, like a Nick Bockwinkle, um, you know, anybody that's got that kind of pretty boy, you know, I'm better than you. Don't touch me. Stay away from me. You, you know, whatever, like, uh, like an Adrian Adonis, like a Rick Rude, Rick Martell, you know, all of that originated from Gorgeous George. Uh, number 20 is Ed Strangler Lewis. Uh, now, Strangler Lewis was uh, around in a unique time in pro wrestling when it was still kind of transitioning from what I call the sporting era, when it was actually a competition. There were no predetermined outcomes. It was transitioning to more like what we have today where, you know, it is a predetermined outcome and the promoter decides who the champion is and things like that. And, uh, Strangler Lewis and his, his group were really the ones who, um, started that up and kind of controlled the championship at that time when there was only one world championship. And, uh, also by all accounts, you know, not just, uh, you know, not just, somebody who was in control of things, but could actually get in that ring and go. He was somebody who could, you know, he was the perennial champion at the time. And if somebody, you know, tried to pull any funny business when he said, okay, we're going to switch the title tonight, he could take the championship if he had to, if the person decided to go into business for themselves and, uh, you know, really was the, the beginning of, uh, what, what I would call the, the kayfabe era. And he kind of ushered that in and started all of that. So, which, uh, set wrestling on the path to where it is now. Number 19 is El Santo. Um, pretty much what I would call the father of Mexican wrestling. Um, not expecting a lot of people to know the name, but, uh, you know, go back, look him up, look up his accomplishments. I mean, this, this is a guy, you know, prior to Mil Mascaris, El Santo was really held up as almost a God of, uh, of Mexican wrestling. Number 18 is George Hackenschmidt. First ever, undisputed world heavyweight wrestling champion uh, in the early 20th century. Uh, again, this is when wrestling was a sport. It was a competition, was no predetermined outcomes, was no choreography, quote unquote, or anything like that. It was more akin to uh, the amateur Olympic style wrestling that, uh, that you still see today, you know, it would be guys uh, in the ring, you know, trying to grab a hold and just literally wrestling with each other, trying to, you know, get the advantage for hours. You'd see matches go two to three hours and, uh, you know, it would be 100% on the mat. You may see somebody holding a headlock for an hour. You may see them, you know, working to grab some type of leg lock for, for, you know, 40, 50 minutes. Um, and, uh, so George Hackenschmidt was the, the first ever 
like I said, undisputed world heavyweight wrestling champion uh, back in the early 1900s. Number 17 is Ricky Dozan. Now, if, uh, if El Santo is the father of Mexican wrestling, Ricky Dozan is the father of Japanese wrestling. This is the man who started the first Japanese wrestling company. He trained Antonio Noki and Giant Baba. Um, and like I said, just, you know, is held in very, very high regard in Japan. Uh, number 16, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers, the original Nature Boy, first ever WWWF world champion when uh, when WWF split off from the NWA. Uh, Buddy Rogers was the man that was uh, declared their first champion. He uh, and again, he's you know one whose influence you you can see down through the years, especially in somebody like Ric Flair or uh, like a Shawn Michaels, uh, things like that. And, uh, you know, with the bleach blonde hair and just the arrogant, uh, arrogant attitude, but then could get in the ring and back it up. And, uh, you know, Buddy Rogers is the, the man who lost the championship to Bruno San Martino, which started his record setting run, which will never be touched as world champion. Uh, number 15 is Harley Race. Um, again, another guy, you know, 1970s, the NWA, Harley Race was the man. Uh, Seven-time world heavyweight champion. Uh, and he's the man that kind of uh, passed the torch of the NWA to Ric Flair when his time came and uh, just an all around, you know, no nonsense, legit tough guy. I mean, um, if you listen to uh, to the stories from uh, from Bobby Heenan and things like that, Harley Race, one of the only only men that uh, Andre the Giant actually feared. So that should tell you something right there. Uh, number 14 is Frank Gotch. Uh, this is the man who defeated George Hackenschmidt for the World Heavyweight Championship, uh, first American to hold that title, uh, and held it uh, and went undefeated from the time he won it until he retired, which I want to say was about five years. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, I guess you could, if you were to compare him to somebody more more modern, uh, was kind of the Hulk Hogan of his day. He was a household name. You know, back then there there weren't, a lot of sports like there are today. There was no NBA. There was no NFL. Major League Baseball was in its infancy. You know, the only sports you really had, you had golf, you had horse racing, you had boxing, and you had wrestling. And, uh, you know, that was that was pretty much it. And uh, so Frank Gotch was the, uh, like I said, the first American to hold the World Heavyweight Championship and just really got to that same kind of level as far as notoriety and fame that Hulk Hogan did. Number 13 is Lou Thez. Now, this uh, Thez was another one uh, in the same kind of era as Strangler Lewis, where wrestling was making that transition from legitimate sport to entertainment. And, uh, you know, Lou Thez, another one, multi-time world heavyweight champion uh, at the time, the youngest person ever to hold the world heavyweight title. Uh, and at one time was actually the oldest person to hold the world heavyweight title. And by all accounts, probably one of the one of, if not the greatest Matt wrestler of all time. I mean, he could, uh, he could get in there and go with pretty much anybody. Number 12 is Vern Gagne, uh, founder of the AWA, 10 time AWA world heavyweight champion, really the first, uh, first one to break away from the NWA and have uh, real success. One of the first territories outside of the WWF to, uh, to take, to take his territory national, have a uh, national cable broadcast. And, uh, you know, at, at times, you know, looked like it could have been legitimate competition for the WWE, but, uh, you know, wasn't, wasn't meant to be tried to, uh, you know, do some collaboration with world-class championship wrestling, as well as the NWA. And, uh, 
you know, uh, some of the other territories to uh, put on super shows to kind of compete with WWF. But because of uh, infighting and promoters not getting along, it just never worked. And obviously, you know, we know what uh, what happened. All the territories eventually folded and most of, you know, all, all of the top stars ended up as part of the WWE. Uh, number 11, probably the greatest attraction, special attraction of all time, Andre the Giant. Um you know, it was Andre and Hogan that drew the 93,000 people for WrestleMania three, which at that time was the biggest match of all time. And, uh, you know, pretty much anywhere Andre went, it was going to, it was going to be a sellout crowd. There was, you know, no doubt about it. That's why he, uh, kind of traveled around as much as he did. He was that special attraction. And you didn't, uh, you never really saw Andre as a champion anywhere. Cause he didn't really stick around anywhere long enough to be champion it's like he'd come into a territory stay for you know four six weeks um draw the big crowds and then move on to the next one so that he stayed fresh um and uh yeah again like i said just the greatest greatest special attraction of all time all right moving into the top 10 number 10 we have got my all-time favorite is the undertaker as you can see right behind me <laughs> but uh yeah uh again along the same lines as sting uh loyalty unquestioned and by all accounts the most respected wrestler in the history of the business um locker room leader you know anytime he steps into a locker room he is the man in charge that and you know there is no question about that um yeah has uh you know multi-time world champion like a lot of these guys i've talked about but uh and still to this day, you know, any, anytime he walks into an arena, he's going to get the biggest ovation of the night. I don't care who else is on the card. If the undertaker is there, he, the, he's, you know, the show's all about him. That's, and that's just how it is. <clears throat> Number nine, macho man, Randy Savage. Um, yeah, probably one of the most beloved pro wrestlers of all time. Another one that was lost way, way too soon. WWE hall of famer. Uh, world champion in WWE and WCW. Um, you know, he's been, been a babyface, been a heel, and he could uh, pretty much do it all. And, uh, you know, one, one thing that I know has been talked about on a lot of podcasts, uh, specifically with uh, Bruce Pritchard and, uh, and Conrad Thompson, was a, uh, a potential feud between Macho Man and Shawn Michaels when Shawn Michaels first kind of split off on his own. That that I think might have been one of the greatest feuds in history had it actually came to pass, but unfortunately it didn't. Uh but it's not you know, it's one of those things that's kinda of, it's fun to think about and, you know, just kind of do some fantasy booking just to think about where where that could have went. Uh number eight, Brett the Hitman Hart. Um again, you know, another one counted among the top uh technical wrestlers of all time i i'd probably say he and kurt angle would be one and two in any order i don't i don't think uh you know i don't think anybody could argue that they would be the top two technical wrestlers of all time um you know one of the um pretty much became the top guy after hulk hogan left the wwe and i think uh you know kind of showed that shift of what uh what the wwe was was all about at that time you know shifting from the larger than life superhero type characters like hogan to you know a more more realistic um more realistic type star like a bret hart uh you know i think bret hart is somebody that uh more people could actually relate to um hulk whereas hulk hogan was more somebody that people looked up to uh, if that makes any sense to you guys but uh yeah i mean obviously 
you know, one of the most remembered things about Brett was the uh, the Montreal screw job, unfortunately, because I think that's just kind of like a black mark on on everybody involved. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. It's uh, one of those things Vince had to do what was best for his company and <clears throat> things like that. But uh, you know, don't want to get too much into that. But anyway, um, yeah, definitely one of the greatest champions of all time, and uh, somebody who who could really polarize a crowd. Definitely, I mean, when he made his last heel turn in uh, the WWE, you know, he was hated by, by United States crowds, but then, you know, as soon as he crossed that Canadian border, he was getting standing ovations. He was a national hero in Canada. Uh, and that, you know, wasn't something that you, uh, that you saw a whole lot. So, um, yeah, Bret Hart, number eight, number seven, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, another one that's unfortunately no longer with us. Um, yeah, he was, he was the guy in the NWA, that was always chasing the title. Uh, that was kind of the NWA's philosophy back then was, you know, you have your heel champion and you have your top baby face. Who's, who's always chasing them, chasing that title. And that was Dusty Rhodes who was chasing Rick, Rick Flair, as well as Harley Rakes prior to that. And, uh, you know, three-time world heavyweight champion, uh, hall of famer, one of the, one of the best bookers of all time. This is a guy that created war games and a lot of other, you know, specialty type matches booked, uh, uh, a lot of the major shows for the NWA and just one of the all around greats. Number six, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, um, probably the best all around wrestler of all time between technical skills, high flying promos. Um, you know, his character, he, he was the complete package when it comes to professional wrestling. Um, so as you know, like I said, as far as all around, Shawn Michaels probably the best um, multi-time world champion, intercontinental champion, European champion, tag champion, first ever WWE Grand Slam champion, um, and still you know as we saw earlier this year can still get in that ring and go. So uh, yeah, number six, Shawn Michaels, one of another one of my all-time favorites. Getting to the top five here, number five, we've got The Rock, probably the biggest star in the world right now. Um, you know made that transition from pro wrestler into uh, movies and has become the, the top box office attraction uh, in the world right now. And at, at, you know, during his time in WWE, um, he's really one that proved, you know, you can, uh, you can reinvent yourself and, and uh, completely change your character around and, and revitalize your entire career. I mean, when he first came in as Rocky Maivia, he was not well received at all. And then he made that, uh, you know, he went down with an injury and when he came back, he made that transition from Rocky Maivia to the rock became a heel, joined the nation of domination and his career just skyrocketed from there and, you know, became one of the most popular WWE stars of all time. Uh, number four, is Stone Cold Steve Austin, probably the, the biggest uh, WWE superstar of all time. Uh, again, in that same era with The Rock during the Attitude Era, he's one that came along at just the right time. Another example of, you know, how uh, just changing up your character and making it more true to yourself can completely revitalize and turn a career around. You know, came in as the ringmaster, didn't talk, had Ted DiBiase for his mouthpiece, but as soon as they let him have a microphone and speak for himself, he he skyrocketed and became the number one guy in the company. Um, and then, I mean, what what is there to say about Austin that hasn't already been said a million times? Um, you know, another multi-time world champion, Hall of Famer, and just one of, one of the greatest of all time. 
Number three, Bruno Sammartino. Uh, you know, not the first WWE champion, but uh, the longest reigning WWE champion in history. His first title reign after he defeated Buddy Rogers was eight years long. Uh, had a second title reign for another three years. I mean, you know, 11 plus years total as world champion through two reigns. That will never be done again. I don't think anybody's even doesn't no matter how many reigns, I don't think anybody's ever held a championship for 11, 11 total years. So that's uh, just goes to show, you know, the WWE was built on the back of Bruno Sammartino uh, in its, in its beginnings. So we are down to the top two. Uh, I think everybody can figure out who the two names are that are left. And this is a, uh, this is an argument that has, has gone on and will go on forever. Uh, as far as who's number one and who's number two, um, you know, there are going to be people who agree with me. There's going to be people who, who disagree with me, uh, as far as my ordering here. And, uh, you know, that that's fine. I mean, everybody's going to have their own opinion. This just happens to be mine. I'm not saying that this is, uh, you know, a definitive list and this is, you know, gospel truth. Cause obviously it's not, but, uh, yeah, for me, number two all time is Ric Flair. Um, you know, officially 16-time World Heavyweight Champion, unofficially 24-time World Heavyweight Champion. Um, I mean, the NWA revolved around Ric Flair in the uh, in the 80s until it was uh, bought by Ted Turner, and even even then, it still revolved around Ric Flair for a good good amount of time. And uh, to, you know, to this day, Ric Flair is regarded as the uh, probably the greatest World Champion of all time, um, and that that I can't argue with. You know, and uh, uh, John Cena, of course, hot on his heels, tied, officially tied uh, for number of title reigns. But uh, I don't think if it, when it comes to being World Heavyweight Champion to uh, uh, just that aura, I guess, of a champion, uh, Ric Flair is the prototype. He's the one that uh, I think everybody else is kind of held up to. And, you know, he uh, founder of the Four Horsemen and just probably the greatest heel of all time as well. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody will ever match Ric Flair as far as just, <clears throat> as far as just being a champion. So I think everybody can figure out by now, number one for me, greatest wrestler of all time is Hulk Hogan. Um, a lot of people are going to disagree. A lot of people are going to agree. Um, some people are going to say he shouldn't be on the list at all because of, you know, his recent, uh, recent history, but you can't deny that Hulk Hogan is the one that took professional wrestling to the mainstream, um, you know, made, made wrestling, uh, uh, yeah, just kind of made it, uh, made it cool to watch again in the, uh, the mid eighties when the whole, uh, Hulkamania thing started and, uh, you know, became, became a, a household name and then, uh, moved on to WCW in the 90s and uh, another one who completely reinvented himself and, you know, basically reinvented reinvented the business twice. And, uh, you know, doing it, doing it once is rare enough. But to say, you know, yeah, I completely changed the game two times in a, in a uh, basically a 12-year span is uh, unheard of. So, <clears throat> yeah, for, for me, number one all time just for elevating the business contributions to the business. And as far as just popularity, name recognition, um, merchandise, ev everything all around, uh, it number one for me is Hulk Hogan. 
so that is the top 100 greatest male professional wrestlers single professional wrestlers of all time uh let me know what you guys think do you agree do you disagree um is there somebody i left out that should have been in there who should have been higher who should have been lower uh, i'm gonna be posting this the full list on social media after this episode uh, goes live so keep an eye out for that and like i said let me know what you think um so with that i'm gonna sign off for today hope everybody has a great new year's eve hope everybody stays safe um yeah enjoy uh yeah just enjoy yourselves have fun thank you again for checking out the show hope uh, hope everybody's enjoying it again you can find it on podbean spotify itunes google play any place you find uh podcasts and you can always see the video feed on youtube and twitch uh, make sure you're following on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. And if you ever want to shoot me an email, it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com. Now, I do have one other uh, announcement I want to make right now. On January 27th for the Royal Rumble, I'm going to be doing my first live feed, uh, live stream on Twitch. I'm not going to be streaming the Rumble itself because that would get my channel shut down in a heartbeat. But I am uh, going to have a guest on the show with me, uh, one of my buddies that did uh, the show with me previously when we did the smack talk showdown and he also was with me when we did the uh, uh went through our various top five top five lists of all time my buddy rich is going to be joining me and we're just going to be doing uh basically giving commentary on the show giving our thoughts and our opinions so uh <clears throat> yeah check out uh you know check out the twitch channel watch along with us uh should should be entertaining we're gonna um be i'm still working out the details of where we're going to be doing the live stream from i'm trying to get it to uh, be able to do it at a local bar here so anybody that's in chicago come down and join us uh, once i get that all ironed out i'll give the uh, the details on that but even if that falls through i'm still gonna do it either way you know if it comes down to it we'll just do it from our from my living room here but uh yeah january 27th live stream on twitch uh for the royal rumble giving our own uh, kind of alternate commentary i guess you could say and i am working to get my very first guest on the show i don't have uh you know have no details to give about that at this time but i have gotten you know i've been putting putting stuff out there request making requests and things like that uh and i have gotten some response so i'm hoping sometime after the new year to uh be able to make an announcement that i will be having my very first uh guest interview on the show uh so i'm really excited about that uh thank you all again to everybody who's been checking the show out and helping me grow um yeah all of my all of my new followers on twitter thank you so much i mean i've grown from less than 100 followers to close to 500 followers in just a matter of a few weeks and uh you know that that is amazing thank you to everybody who has uh who has followed the show in the last few weeks thank you to everybody who's been listening and watching and downloading um you have no idea how much i appreciate it i mean i you know i do this show strictly because of uh strictly because i love wrestling i love talking about wrestling and that's that's the whole reason i start i started this up you know wasn't to uh wasn't to get rich or anything like that it's just because i wanted to uh wanted to give it a shot and see what kind of response i would get and i'm i'm very happy with the response i've gotten so far and i'm i hope it only gets better i hope i've gotten better as i've come along here um you know as always please give me any feedback that you guys might have um, whether it's, you know, comments on social media, questions, email, comments on my, uh, on the YouTube channel or on Twitch or whatever it might be, you know, just let me, let me know what you think. If there's something I can improve, uh, something you think I should talk more about, something I should talk less about. 
um, yeah, just let me know what you think. I, I would love to hear anything from you guys. So uh, with that, I'm going to go ahead and sign off again. Hope everybody has a fantastic new year. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. Don't drink and drive. You know, take an Uber, take a cab, take the bus. Do what you got to do to get, get home safe if you're going out and partying tonight. And uh, yeah, with that, I'm going to sign off. So I hope everybody has a happy and healthy new year. I'll see you guys in 2019.